0: I want us to consider a question this morning about the life of Joseph as we continue with his story. And that is this, is Joseph's life chaotic or is it going just how it should? Don't answer, (laughs) consider. See the difference between those two things. In only two chapters, we have been on quite the journey with Joseph. He was born into an extremely dysfunctional family He was given dreams by God that indicated he would have a position of power and that his family would bow down to him. He was his dad's favorite and was given the coats of many colors. That's not many as in small, that's many as in a lot. He told on his brothers and his brothers hated him because he was the favorite. And in response to this favoritism, they faked his death and sold him into slavery, which again is not a great beginning for a hero of God's story. Jacob was sold to Potiphar, who was the captain of the royal guard, and God was with Joseph and blessed literally everything that Joseph encountered. This means that uh, Potiphar's household grew, his flocks grew, his crops grew, everything happened in extra because of the blessing that God had on Joseph. But all of those blessings that were poured out on Joseph and then given to Potiphar were for the benefit of Potiphar. And while Joseph rose up in Potiphar's house, he was still a slave. But Potiphar recognized this, that he was benefiting through Joseph, and he made Joseph the chief servant slash slave in the house. And we don't know exactly how long that took for that to happen. I mean, how long would it have took or have taken for Potiphar to recognize that his crops were bigger than they used to be or that his animals were more plentiful than they used to be. And we must also note that, again, Joseph was sort of unknowingly doing this for all of them. Everywhere he went and everything that he dealt with, it all just became better. But again, he was still a slave. And the Bible says that Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything while Joseph was in charge of everything. He only had to worry about what he was going to eat. Now, Potiphar's wife took notice of Joseph and tried to seduce him, but Joseph refused. She persisted, and finally, he had to run away from her without his tunic in order to keep sinning, to keep from sinning against Potiphar, and most importantly, against God. She accused him in the aftermath of trying to make sport of her, and Joseph was thrown into prison. Now, we don't know what the reputation of Joseph, who again is simply a slave, and though he rose to prominence, he did in one house. We don't know what the reputation of him, how it suffered considering he was in prison for an unwanted advance at best, or a potential rape at worst of his master's wife it's not a good look for anyone and as we read through the story and we see how he was put into prison when he didn't do anything wrong in fact when he was trying to honor potiphar and then later potiphar throws him in jail there is this real sense of injustice right that Joseph is this upright person, he is trying to do what is right, and he is punished because of it. Because here is the flip side that you might not have considered. If he had given in to Potiphar's wife, he might have even been in better shape than he was previously. This particular prison was the place where the king's prisoners were kept, and while in prison, Joseph again rose to a position of responsibility and authority as the chief prisoner. Why? Why? Because God was with him, and everything that He touched was blessed. We don't know how long it took for that to happen. But it had to have taken at least a period of time. Sometimes we read these stories, and it seems to us as if Potiphar, wrote, or as if Joseph rose to the head of Potiphar's house in like a week, or that he became the chief prisoner in three or four days. But the reality is, it probably took much longer than that. And again, even though he rose to be responsible for the whole prison, he was still a prisoner. So, the question that we should have at this point is how on earth will Joseph become the person that God wants him to be? If this dream... That God gave him is the dream for Joseph and ultimately the dream for his people. How is he ever going to accomplish it? Because yes, God is blessing him, but most of that blessing went to Potiphar and then to the people who ran the prison. And and yes, he is making progress in those areas, but he has had pretty real consequences as well that are keeping him down and keeping him from being the person he wants to be for God and at every turn Joseph and therefore God's dream for his people faces an enemy someone who will stand between Joseph and what God wants to accomplish so I ask the question again is Joseph's life chaotic or is it going just how it should now that's a difficult question for us to answer in part because we have all read this story before. And so we know, having read this story before, where Joseph is going to end up. We know how it's all going to work out. It's easier for us then to look at everything that has happened in Joseph's life and to say, well, obviously, Bryce, it's going exactly where it should Read your Bible. See where it ends up. And I just want you to know, I have read my Bible, so like, don't get pushy here, okay? <clears throat> but the thing is, if we are going to appreciate this story as much as we should, the answer to that question is not so obvious to Joseph. He doesn't know how this is going to work out. In fact, Twice now, he seems to have been put right in his place and reminded by his older brothers and by the words of Potiphar's wife how insignificant he actually is in the grand scheme of things. Does he know that he is the bearer of a grand dream for God? In part, maybe, He does. But we have to remember that those initial dreams, his brothers were bowing down to him, and his brothers and his father and mother were bowing down to him. Does he understand that he's in Egypt so that he can help run Egypt? No. In fact, that idea is almost comical. For someone who was a slave accused of rape, in prison. It makes no sense at all. Now, here's why we need to appreciate this moment. It is because this is the space where we can most identify with Joseph. This is the space that he lives on where we he is the most like us, where we are the most like him. His life is chaotic. And his life is facing trouble at every turn. And it does feel very much out of control, even though he knows that God is with him and has given him a dream. How, he must be thinking, am I ever going to get there? I mean, maybe if all my brothers are arrested and they're brought to this prison, then yeah, I'll be in charge of them. Woohoo! Like, we'll all be in prison together. Let's see where the story is going to take us this week. So, if you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter 40. We are going to start in verses 1 through 5. <clears throat> Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Okay, so Joseph was in the, the top prison, if you will. So it stands to reason that he would meet some royal prisoners. And these two dudes in particular had made Pharaoh angry, which I would imagine is not the best thing to do. And they went to prison to await just uh, judgment, and while they were there... They were put under the care of Joseph, who was ultimately running the prison for the head of the guards. And wouldn't you know it? While they were in prison under the care of Joseph, they both had a dream. How weird is that? Crazy. There is. Uh, we we have to recognize that 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 dreams are very important to this story. They, they really are and there is no dream of course that is more important than the one that joseph had the dream uh, for him to to raise up and ultimately as we know for his people to be raised up but it set the stage for other dreams to play important roles in joseph's story moving forward now dreams were prominent in ancient literature and in egyptian reports And the issue of dream interpretation was a crucial one in the ancient world. If you were able to interpret dreams, and it was proven that you were able to interpret dreams correctly, you were unique and special amongst everyone. Because who, after all, can explain dreams? Therefore, anyone who could do it was a hot commodity. More on this in a moment. Let's pick it up again in verse 6. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so bad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams." Now, let's pause here for a moment, because this is a pretty major claim that was given by Joseph, but it's crucial to the path of the story. There were, again, people around who were supposed to have the power to interpret dreams. Whatever power they called on to give them their interpretations, these people would have some clout. Again, especially if they had some sort of track record of success what would that track record would have had to have been? 50%? 60%? We don't know. But chances are, if you interpreted one right, you were then known as an interpreter. I mean, just, just to kind of be fair to how that went. But Joseph said that there is only one interpreter of dreams. Who is that? It's God. Now, why is God the only interpreter of dreams? Because within this story, who gives dreams? God does. And therefore, God is the only one who knows what the dreams are about. God is the one who gives them meaning. And therefore, if you do not know God or God is not with you, then you cannot accurately interpret what is happening. At best, what you are doing is guessing. Therefore, whatever we are going to see next does not come from Joseph's great insight and ability. It comes, why? Because God is with him and God Is the giver of dreams, and God is the interpreter of dreams, and so Joseph says, Boldly, tell me your dreams. Verse 9 So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream, and he said to him, In my dream, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cups Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. "'This is what it means,' Joseph said to him. "'The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness.' Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of his prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. And the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Anyone else have a dream? Only God can interpret dreams. God was with Joseph, therefore Joseph can interpret dreams. And we have to note that God is not with anyone like he is with Joseph. So what Joseph is doing is unique to him. There is no one else that is capable in the known world of doing what Joseph does in this passage. He is the only one. <clears throat> the dream is a gift. It is insight and knowledge into what's happening. And its interpretation is a gift, done not by some sort of special skill or technique or burning something or rubbing sticks together or any of that sort of stuff, but it is done by the power of God freely given to this one particular man who was rejected by his family, sold into slavery accused of rape, and now in prison. So the knowledge of what all of this means falls on someone who should not, by any account, have this power. After all, if we were to hear his background, would we assume that God was with him? No. The dreams, ultimately, they have to do with God's rule. They... They tell well what God will do, albeit in the rule of Pharaoh. And, and they claim that God, only God, knows the future and can decide what is happening. Uh, the dreams are news about a new situation that cannot be derived from or uh, predicted from the present. There's no way really to know, based on just where they are and what's going on, how this will actually turn out for them. And in fact, the same term is used in the interpretation of both dreams. Did you spot it? The very similar term? In three days, he says to the cupbearer, Pharaoh will lift up your head. And what does he say to the baker? Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head. Both will be lifted up. They just don't fully understand the direct way that that's going to happen. So the dreams tell of a new situation. They they speak of God's resolution of human issues, that, that he is going to decide what is going to happen. The implication is that God has a future which is to be worked out in this context. He is moving and working and doing things here, even in this place where people don't worship him or acknowledge him. If Joseph is the only servant of God within this place, does that mean that God is not making things happen in this place? No. God's hand is still working and moving and shaping the future even though Pharaoh is in charge. He is the one who gives the dream. He is the one who gives meaning to the dream. He is the one who says what is coming, and therefore these dreams, as small as they might be, tell us something really important. In whose hands is the future? It's not in the decisions that Pharaoh made or makes. It's not in whether the baker baked a good loaf of bread that day or not. It's not in whether the cupbearer served or good, good or bad wine, in fact, can we just now reflect back on what they did wrong? Remember what we said earlier? We don't know what they did wrong. In the, in the story of Joseph, does it matter? It doesn't. In fact, these two examples are almost, we imagine, trivial. Did Pharaoh, was there too much salt on his bread? Was there a bug in his wine? Like What was it? We don't even know, but our imaginations are left to think of kind of the stupidest things that put them in that position. So Joseph assigned the meaning to their dreams through God, but the story is not about their dreams. Yes, both of their heads will be lifted up, one literally, and in respect to position within the Pharaoh's court, and the other, his head will be lifted up and then up some more. (laughs) There's one last thing that we can't ignore as we read through this. Did you see what Joseph did in between the two dreams? If you still have your Bibles open, look back there, and let's look at these verses again. Starting in verse 14. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of the prison. I was forcefully carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Now, Joseph has just very boldly said that only God can interpret dreams and then tell me your dreams. So does Joseph seem to know that God is with him? It's become obvious to him at this point that God is with him. Good. What does Joseph think about his life? Not much, right? In fact, how specifically is he feeling in this moment? Victimized. No matter what I do, I find myself in this place. I didn't even do the things I've been accused of. And yet, here I am. And by interpreting these dreams, this is a way out for him. And Joseph asked for help to help him get out of the situation he was in. He was in great need because he had lived years and years like this, feeling beat up by the world around him. So he knows that God is with him in a way that God is not with anyone else, and yet he hates his life and what's happening in it. I wish I could relate to that. (laughs) Does Joseph not trust God that God is going to work this out? Is he trying to go around God by asking for help to get out of here? There's no implication of that. But does he ask for help? Yes, he does. which tells us something we need to hear. Sometimes even if you are a child of the dream and you know the dream, you still need help getting where it is God wants you to go. There's not very often a God express lane where you get to skip all the traffic and get there ahead of everyone else because you are a child of the dream. And Joseph knew he was a child of his dream, but his life had taken a pretty strange path to the fulfillment of that dream, hasn't it? And it's not the path he would have chosen for himself. It's a path that is thrown with hatred, lies, deception, trouble. False accusations, and here he is, the only innocent man in prison. He needed help to get out of here because he didn't know how God was going to fulfill his dreams. Was he confident that God would? I want to think so, but sometimes when we're in these places, don't we wonder if it's going to happen at all? Was this dream actually for me, or was it for someone else? Am I just supposed to pass on this dream to others, or does God want to do this in me? These are real questions that we ask ourselves all the time. And they're real questions that Joseph asked himself. When even though he had risen up to be the best slave and the best prisoner, His life was not where he wanted it to be and not where he would have envisioned it to be with such a grand dream laid in front of him. Let's pick it up in verses 20 through 23. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. The cupbearer did not come through. He forgot about Joseph. So, whether Joseph was kind of trying to go around God and, you know, pad the nest a little bit, doesn't really matter. Because what is the role of people and human power within these stories? They're never used correctly. Influence, the ability to speak to things, except by whom? By Joseph. And I have this image in mind of Joseph getting up every single day, expecting to see the cupbearer walk in with some sort of note from Pharaoh saying, Joseph, come with me. Everyone is going to see now. But that doesn't happen because Joseph is forgotten as someone who was sold out by his family as a slave in prison for a terrible thing that he didn't do would be forgotten. We have to remember, guys, he was no one to start with. And even this cupbearer who simply serves wine to Pharaoh is more important than him. This reminds us of some things one there is no person that can take joseph to the future that god has for him ultimately only god can do it and while we can rest in the promises that god will do it we don't know how god is going to do it and unfortunately for joseph the time was not yet right for him to be let out of prison he was left to wait and wonder what the dream meant and how it could possibly be fulfilled. Walter Brueggemann is a a biblical scholar who wrote about this story, and this is what he said. The dream of God for Joseph is not for times of obvious credibility. It is for times when the claims run against the evidence. And Joseph is left to wait, even as Father Abraham had. This breaks down a basic understanding of God's call on our lives for us in a way that we may not like. And it says this one of the main functions of god's call in your life is not to simply move you from point a to point b that's not what it's for we view it that way don't we god this is what you want so i'm gonna go as fast as i can to get there because that's what you want that would be the obvious thing for it to mean But that's not what it means. Instead, the promise of God gives meaning and hope when you are on step R and you still haven't gotten there yet. That God is going to keep his promise even though you have gone so long without achieving what it is you think it is. And you don't know how much longer it's going to go those feelings that you have do not make the promise invalid they don't stop it from being the promise is still true and it is a gift of hope and meaning when we cannot see anything else so there are some hard things for us to gather here when you thought that Joseph's story was going to be all kicks and giggles, didn't you? <laughs> Number one, God is the keeper of his promises. He does not make them and then break them. Okay? Joseph doesn't feel that way, but this is still true. He does not give a promise and then simply take it away. Number two, just because we may have a sense for where God wants us to go, it does not mean that we have any clue about how to get there. Number three. Just because the path does not look like the one we would have chosen for ourselves, that does not mean that it is not the path that God has chosen for us. And Number four. There is great hope in knowing that the end results are in God's hands no matter how you feel about it. Because Joseph's story is real. It's our story. It's how we deal with what we believe God is calling us to versus how things are actually going sometimes for us. And now, we who have read the story before can look and say, Joseph doesn't see it yet. But one day, he is going to help rule the greatest empire on earth. And that day is not far off. And that's not even the dream that Joseph knows he has, by the way. But that's God's plan for his people And so, what does Joseph need to do? Take hope in the dream, be the best he can in the next moment, and wait for the Lord who is with him. I hope you take encouragement from that this morning, because those words are meant to be encouraging. This is not the story of one person's failure. This is the story of how God fights for what he wants for his people. And God will not give up. Amen?